Welcome to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. I appreciate all of you that are buying uh, my book and reviewing on Amazon. It's called Listen, Learn, and Love, Embracing LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. Grateful for those of you that are reading it, sharing that you're reading it on social media that helps engage others. So I appreciate this, particularly this first wave of you out there that are buying the book and sharing it with others. And I hope the book continues to sell well and get in the hands of more people. Chapter seven is a great chapter if you're going to read just one chapter. It's a chapter called Ministering to LGBTQ Latter-day Saints, and it's just what we can do better to help LGBTQ Latter-day Saints feel welcome, especially in LDS congregations. There's some wonderful positive things that people have done that I share in that chapter that are great. So tonight's, or today's, we try not to be time sensitive because you may be listening to this at five in the morning at the gym or or I guess at midnight in the gym or driving or whatever. But my guests on today's podcast are my friends Hayden and Sydney Anderson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And Hayden and I have connected on um, social media, um, Facebook and Twitter, and he has um, LGBTQ ally in his profile. So I reached out to him and asked him if he would just be willing to share his journey um, that's a journey that I took about four or five years ago to add that to um, social media profile. And he said he'd be glad to come and, and talk about that. And he's brought his wife with him. And, and she, you know, she's here and I'm glad she's here. She may share some thoughts on this. She's in the same general space as Hayden. But Hayden's sort of the one that's just felt impressed to um, learn more about this. And so if you don't hear Sydney speak too much, that's by design. <laughs> It's not because we're trying to not value her voice or um, it's just um, the nature of the way this podcast was set up with Hayden and myself. Um, these two are BYU students very close to graduation. Tell, let's start with Sydney. Tell our listeners, um, tell them where you served your mission. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Tell them where you grew up. Tell them where you served your mission and tell them what you're studying and graduating from BYU. Sure. So I grew up in St. George, Utah, um, more specifically, I guess, Santa Clara, Utah. And um, I did a year at BYU before my mission, and I served in the Barbados Bridgetown mission. And um, I'm studying public relations as a major and statistics as a minor. Wow. Yeah. What a great combination. (laughs) I sure hope so. And um, I'll be graduating, well, I'll be finishing this December. Way to go. And tell our listeners how long you two have been married. We've been married a little over two years. We were married in May of 2018. Um, Hayden, tell our listeners where you grew up and where you served your mission and your major. Sure thing. So I was born in Soda Springs, Idaho. And when I was 10, moved to St. George, Utah, and that's where... Uh, Sydney and I became friends. Um, I then served a mission in the Brazil, Brasilia mission and loved that. And uh, yes, I'm currently studying Latin American studies um, at BYU and taking prerequisite courses for PA school or a bridge program to NP school. Um, this is kind of a story, and it's as I listened to this couple before we visit, it's a Hayden's story is pretty similar to my story. And I just felt impressed to learn more about our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. It took me till age 55 to do that. Hayden did that in his 20s. And 
Um, everybody on the podcast today is obviously a committed Latter-day Saint, committed to our doctrine, supportive of our church, our leaders, and supportive of LGBTQ people and wanting to develop more empathy and help them as they walk a unique road. And um, both Hayden and Sydney have been willing to sort of um, be open to learning about this space. And, and so this is just a podcast hearing their story um, to, to better understand. And so... Hayden, this can be mostly your story, but just talk about um, what, just talk about the experiences that kind of opened your heart to want to learn more about this space. Great. Thank you. I think a big part of my deciding to be an LGBTQ ally is thanks to Ben Shalati. And Ben was my EFY counselor back when I was 15. And like how many years, like eight years later or so, reconnected with Ben on BYU campus and discovered, or he told me that he was a gay member of the church, which at the time kind of surprised me and um, impressed me as well. And so over time, I began learning a little bit more about Ben's experiences and, and I read his blog, some of his blog and uh, was extremely impressed by some of his experiences and also saddened or uh, as I kind of sympathized with some of his, his feelings um, being a, a gay member of the church and the complexity that entails. And, and so furthermore, I, last year took a, a business communications course with Sue Bergen uh, and learned about how diversity is something that BYU students sometimes have a difficulty uh, handling in the workplace simply because we're not uh, the majority of students maybe aren't as accustomed to uh, interacting with people who uh, are have different uh, sexual orientation or come from, you know, unique backgrounds, uh, different races, things like that. And Sue, uh, she did a great job of instructing us. And at the, the end of the class, we had a special guest uh, come and present to us. And it was Ben, who I was familiar with and, and very happy to see. And, and uh, something about that experience, um, I guess I asked the question, I was like, what can I do? You know, what can I, what can I do to help um, either inform myself or, or, or help people who are, who are, who are like you, Ben. And I think Sue mentioned uh, becoming an ally. And uh, I was like, well, I don't know what that is, but I, I guess I'll look into it. And, and over time it just came down to, um, well, why not? <laughs> And that's a great story. And so I love where you said, why not? Talk more about that, Hayden. Talk about the logic of why not. Sure. So I, I think from that time that we had the presentation and I had the initial thought to become an ally um, and to maybe share that on, on social media or at least on my profile and, and kind of adopt that uh, as part of my identity. I, 
I was a little hesitant. I was, I was nervous of what maybe other people would think, or I didn't know if I was qualified. But with time, I, I really just, as I understood more and more about different people's experiences, I think mostly Ben, but also people from my high school, I, I, as I went sharing some of the blog posts or things that I'd heard or seen posted from Ben, and I learned that people around me uh, for a long time have been, have been suffering or maybe been the victims of, of a hostile environment, um, even within church communities, um, schools. And so the more I realized that, the more I realized how many reasons there were for me to be an ally and that I couldn't think of a single one not to be an ally. So when I kind of came to that logic and then I had the feeling that I should do it too, I felt like that was, that was confirmation enough for me to, to publicly state that I was an ally and I could help contribute to a safe space for um, people who identify as LGBTQ, um, whether or not they're members of the church. And that's, you know, my story. I did that, I think, in about June of 2015 on my Facebook profile and my Twitter, and I was pretty nervous. Um, I was a YSA bishop at the time, and I was thought, well, what will the YSA think of this? And my ward, I was serving out of my ward. I thought, well, my home ward think of this? And I had some questions that came my way, and um, people wondered what that meant. And if I, I think even from 2015 to 2020, I think a lot has changed in the church that we recognize that we can be active, committed Latter-day Saints and, and try to support marginalized groups of people and, and see that that's what Christ was trying to do. So I hope we're, um, for people that do put LGBTQ ally or talk about LGBTQ people, I hope we don't question their commitment to the church or the commitment to the gospel. Any more thought? Did you get any criticism? when you put LGBTQ ally? I would initially, no. I, I don't think uh, that people really made any sort of uh, notice. Um, but I, I did get a message from a friend uh, who was curious about some of the things I was sharing on social media. It's just that they sounded a little different from, from, from what I think the, the norm is to hear from from uh, your heterosexual, white, uh, privileged uh, friends on, on social media. And so I, I did get kind of some, I think, some raised eyebrows, um, mostly just, just from a friend, um, which I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm glad that I, my friends maybe question and, and want to know what's causing some of these ideas or, or some of these, these thoughts to kind of come to the surface. And sometimes we want to um, categorize people as conservatives or liberals. And sometimes I've recognized that people that would sort of be allies to LGBTQ, we might want to put them in, we categorize them as liberals. And my, I would caution our listeners from doing that, um, to pigeonhole people. as, And I would even caution that pigeonholing people as conservatives or liberals, if they want to take on those labels, that's fine. But I think we should be careful about that because I think a lot of active Latter-day Saints may hold positions that some would say are conservative and some are say are liberal. 
even if we look back on the life of Christ and we lived in his time using our political framework, we might call him at times very conservative, very liberal. And so I think, you know, we, I don't want to, you know, I think if you're deeply conservative and vote Republican and, and, and want to be an LGBTQ ally, I don't think that's a conflict. If you're, you know, a Democrat voting for Joe Biden and, you know, I, this is pre- taped before the election, obviously, I don't think, I'm, I'm losing my trend of thought, I don't think, you know, that's a conflict. I think you can be politically wherever you want to be and be an LGBTQ ally. I don't think, you know, I'm hoping that people just see it that way. I saw one young man that had conservative and LGBTQ ally in his Twitter profile, and I retweeted him and because I think you can do that. Um, talk about, and Sydney, do you have any thoughts you want to share at this point, or should we just keep, do you want me to keep asking Hayden any questions? Um, one thought that I, Good. that keeps um, coming up, I guess, is just, uh, just going along with the <clears throat> conservative and liberal ideology, although, you know, we're kind of, we kind of want to push those labels aside and just, um, you know, realize that, you know, they don't have to come in conflict, I think is a direct result for Hayden, result for Hayden and I of traveling. Um, I think a lot of, uh, Hayden was talking about a lot of BYU students um, have a hard time with diversity especially in the workplace because they're not exposed enough to people from um, different backgrounds and different races and sexualities. And I think traveling, especially this past uh, nine or so months where Hayden and I have been in Europe and we've been able to meet some incredible people from, from all different walks of life. And, and um, I think that our, our desire to reach out to uh, the LGBTQ community has has be- been directly because we've been in more contact with people like that and with people just with completely different upbringings than our own. And I don't think you can get that very well here in Utah. I mean, as wonderful a place it is, I think you do yourself a big favor when you step out and you you realize there's you know, there's a whole different world outside the bubble and there's so much we can learn from people um, uh, outside of the church and outside of our, our typical cookie cutter, you know, idea of, of uh, what a, a member of the church is. And I love what you said about just being around different groups of people. I think Christ sort of um, was an example of that. And it reminds me of my Texas-born wife, marrying me, a Utah-born kid, and she really felt she wanted, we didn't know where to raise our family. We loved some of the things, and we ended up raising our family in Utah, but we, she loved Texas and still loves Texas. We have Texas all over our home. And because of the very things you said, you know, she just felt like her experience growing up out of the bubble was very, very healthy for her, and she wanted to make sure even though we ended up raising our kids in Utah, that they had experiences outside of Utah. And our kids have spent a lot of time, as much as we can afford and as much as time allows, outside of Utah and outside of the United States. So I love that. And I think it just helps us to see all of God's children better. And I think then it will help you as parents, just teaching your kids wonderful values and to see good people. That's a, I love that. Um, talk about Ben Shalotti's blog. Because... Um, 
when I was a YSA bishop and wanted to learn more, that's where I, that's where I went. I, you know, I read everything on the church's website and I just, it, that just made me want to learn more and hear more stories. And so then I don't know how I found Ben Shalati, but I just wanted to read everything he wrote. And it just, I just felt Heavenly Father saying, and I've wrote, talked about this, you've got to wipe your hard drive clean of everything you've picked up because you've got a bunch of stuff that you've innocently picked up that you need to sort of set aside so you can meet the needs of, of LGBTQ people in your ward. And so I... I just tried to read everything I could find that Ben wrote and continue to do so. So share with our listeners some of the things that you, you know, just the things that stood out to you hadn't considered before what you were learning. Sure. Um, before I do, I'm just going to share with you. Um, Go a, for it. This is your platonic. A pro tip from Ben Shalati, uh, because Shalati rhymes with Patty. That's right. He and tells me that all the time and I still don't get it right. I just, I just, Learned that tip, and I'd been saying his name wrong probably for a while. So, um, anyway, um, about his um, about his blog, I haven't read as much as I would like, but I have some specific memories of like just taking a second and reading some of his of his responses to different um, actions either taken. Um, by the church or like, I guess maybe not actions is not the right word, but um, statements made by the church and uh, some of his responses to those, to those statements and how those made him feel as a person and how he navigated through that, those, those challenges. And I think I just realized through his his excellent writing, he's such a great writer. The difficulty of of having being a member of the church in your identity and then being gay, uh, and you kind of lose yourself unless you're willing to to lose being. Yeah, a member of the church, to, and and Ben just was un, and he is still un, unwilling to to compromise either one of those parts of his identity, and the, I just admire that and um, appreciate him sharing that, and so um, I hope that answers your question. It does talk about um, there was a panel? Did you go to the panel at BYU where LGBTQ people spoke? So we did not attend that panel. We were in Spain. We did hear about it, though, along okay. with a lot of uh, the world, I think. <laughs> um, and Ben, uh, he he commented to to me about that uh, and just how, um, I guess, appalled he was or, I guess, saddened by some of the racist comments that were made in this. It was a panel on race at BYU. Oh, that, okay. Okay. Uh, is is that what you were talking about? Yeah, but let's talk about that. And then I want to ask about an LGBTQ panel he oh, participated oh, okay. on. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was not in attendance at that one. Okay. So sorry for the confusion. But there was a panel where BYU was talking about race. And I think there were some comments that came online that were very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, they were just not, not in line with uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Exactly. And um, so in response to that, Ben, uh, 
he created a, a course which is in its uh, its uh, first stages this semester, and I'm happy to be the uh, one of the um, members of the class. And it's it's called uh, Understanding Self and Others in uh, Diversity and Intersectionality. Cool. So, and we've learned excellent skills so far about um, how to have civil conversations, how to be effective communicators and listen, um, seeking to understand before we um, really communicate our our thoughts. And we've read some great literature and and practiced some of these skills with our classmates, even though we're uh, o- online and. And Ben's just been a great support, I think, and and I've really enjoyed it. What do you know? What department this course is taught out of? So it's um, a student development course. So it's available for for anyone to to take, and uh, I definitely recommend it. So, as our listeners may know, Ben Shalati. Yep, Shalati. Shalati. Sorry, Ben, if you're listening, <laughs> you don't have time to listen to these podcasts, though. Um, he is an honor code officer. His church calling is a high counselor. And for those of you who have been in this space a long time, to, to say there's a man at BYU in the honor code office that identifies as gay and is a fully participating member of the church and is now developing a course and teaching a course, he's a trailblazer. And even though we've got three allies on the podcast, I think our listeners know this, that it's really listening to LGBTQ people is where most of the growth comes. And, and like you did, reading his blogs, attending his class, and trying to just put yourself in Ben's shoes. Share with our listeners as you try to put yourself in Ben's shoes what, and recognize his road and how different that is from your road. What sort of, you know, how does that help you develop empathy for Ben's situation? Or what things did you re- realize that were harder than you first, than you originally thought before you got in a space? Anything comes to mind, Hayden? And then if Sydney, if Sydney has any thoughts. The thought keeps coming to my mind of my own development of like how I view gay people and their place in the plan of salvation. And I think a few years ago, I thought, oh, well, you know, God still loves them, but you know, they're not keeping the commandments. So I guess they can't, you know, end up in the same celestial kingdom that I'm in. And that morphed into more, well, you know, maybe, um, if they just decided to be gay, but still conform to the rules of the church, like then, you know, they could probably end up also in the celestial kingdom with me. And I think I've come to a point where it's just, I've realized that it is absolutely not my place to decide um what their fate is fate or destiny or whatever um it's not my place to um you know look at look at what they are doing or the decisions they make and and say well this is how god is going to judge them i think i've come to a point where i can say well um i love them and god loves them and i hope that um, um more people can can get to that point as well. It's a great segment. I'm with you on that. Um, And I look at our doctrine, and I think our doctrine's with you on that, Sydney. I don't think you're teaching something that's inconsistent with what we teach 
And what Christ taught is our, our job is to love and not to judge, and we leave all judgment. So I just think you're on firm doctrinal ground. And I think a lot of members want to do just exactly what you do because it's relieving. Um, Elder Uchtdorf's talk, I was trying to remember last night's podcast about the bumper sticker. I don't know if you either remember his talk about the bumper sticker, I send differently than you. And he was sort yeah. of talking about how I've got to, how can I say this more clearly? You know, stop judging people. <laughs> and because I may send differently in uni, is kind of do the whole talk off of that bumper sticker. And I just, that resonated with me. And that may be 10 years ago, that talk. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I wrote that, I included that talk in the book, just to the point you made. And so I got a message today, someone saying, you know, I just want to understand, are you, do you believe homosexuality is a sin? And, and do you teach the doctrine of our church? And I go, yeah, I believe, you know, acting on, I believe that's a sin. And I invite everybody to stay in the teachings of our church, but I also leave all the judging just like you do up to our savior. And uh, don't understand the complexity of somebody else's road to pass judgment on them. So I just support the teachings of our church and our doctrine, but I've just, you know, the, I, I, it's relieving to be what, what you just shared with our listeners. Um, and I think that is our doctrine. Talk about, um, has this becoming sort of connected with LGBTQ people and sort of understanding more is that connected is that helped you see other groups that have a harder road and just be willing to kind of understand different groups that just have a harder road and develop more empathy or is this kind of just share any either of you have any thoughts on that so just to um to make sure i understand like um, women if, or minorities yeah, yeah. or just undocumented workers, people that just often feel marginalized. Yeah. Does it help you just connect with those groups and try to understand their stories? We've got a few friends who are international students, and I think that's probably um, a minority group that we're more the most uh, familiar with, um, most closely, you know, uh, connected with. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I don't have too much to say about it, but. Talk about, talk about that group. Uh, the things you'd like our listeners to know that we can do better to help people, international minorities feel welcome. One thing Hayden and I do, I mean, just we're obviously not perfect, but one thing we do like to do is have our international friends over for dinner. Cool. We like to um, either cook meals from their home their home countries or from ours and just share, um, share time together, talking about their experience, um, for us at BYU, um, their, you know, how they're transitioning to life in the States and, and the, it's been really interesting to hear some of the challenges that they have gone through as, um, international students. And most recently with, uh, the coronavirus and all the, you know, the scare that they're going to have to return home if they're not you know, in classes on campus. Um, I think that was that we felt more concerned for those individuals because we'd gotten close to them and helped and, you know, tried to, tried to help them in their transition here. And so I don't know, I guess. That was really a scary time. Cause I remember yeah. um, there was potential legislation that 
And our kids really got worried about this too, that every international student was going to be deported, if that's the right language, or sent home um, by federal mandate, if I'm understanding it correctly. And there was a lot of fear, and that ended up not happening from what I understand. But I think a lot of people like you and others just stepped forward. I remember seeing a petition going around trying to protect this group of people. And you probably sat with some of those very students that are just full of fear because they this is their dream to be here and and that's great it's really cool you're a safe spot yeah we try to be um one of the things i wish i had done at your age is just been able to do some of this so i do this a lot now and i'm 60 and have more time but i just think this is maybe me speaking to younger people um that want and i think you can't take on every cause and you can't, if there's some people that are deeply in a space and you may think, oh, I've got to do it like that person to really be an ally or really be effective. I think you've got to all do this at your own pace and your own way. And if you're in your twenties and thirties, this is a pretty important time to kind of take care of yourself and your career, get your family and financial footing. And I think you've got to find a way just to say, I can't do every cause and I, I can't, you know, just do the best you can, but it is kind of a time to take care of yourself instead of foundation. So I look at what you're doing in all these different spaces, and it's not like it's your full-time thing to be an ally to these different groups, but I just love where you are and that you've just kind of developed a, a vocabulary and understanding to talk about international students, people of different races, LGBTQ. And I just think, you know, if we had you on the podcast every 10 years, I think, or every five years, I think you'd go back to this, just this experience happening in your later college years that is, that will help you throughout, you know, your life as in your church assignments and your work assignments and as parents. And it's just helpful to other people that will, will bring you a lot of satisfaction because I think you'll be able to help people. And you may have a young, you may be a young woman's president or a young men's president. You may have somebody come out to you or, you know, a release study president or bishop, and you'll look back and just be grateful for that you were willing to, in your 20s, kind of, you know, be willing to learn about these spaces. And that's what I encourage. And a lot of you that are listening, you're doing that already, obviously. But to me, that's just part of, you know, we've got this pool picture of the pool of Bethesda with Christ at the pool of Bethesda. And I look at that all the time as we're doing this podcast. It's the only painting I can see in the podcast room is the Carl Block painting. And I just look at that and I look at all the people in that painting that just represent to me um, children of Heavenly Father that are equal to me that have a harder road and society has pushed them to the margins. And this is physically because they're at the pool of Bethesda. And I, that painting, a bigger version of that is in the Salt Lake Temple. And when that was open, I was a temple worker there. I'd walk by that and just stop and stare at it. And as, as you look at that painting, Christ is lifting the tarp over somebody that at the Pool of Bethesda has hid himself at the Pool of Bethesda. And his whole hand, Christ, of course, is the brightest. His right hand is pointing to that person. And I just look at his doctrine. And as I read his doctrine, um, I just think it draws me to the least of these. That's, that's a scripture in the Bible, obviously. And 
and who is the least of these in our circle? And I don't think we have to save everybody. Um, you just can't, but I think you have to think who in my circle can I help? And it often isn't very complicated. So we don't need to do grand things where we change the world. You could, if you want to listeners, um, but I love what you did, Sydney. You just invited this couple over for dinner and the two of you invited them for dinner. Was there multiple couples or just one couple? Uh, not couples. They'd oh, be just individual students. That's yeah. right. Individual students. Yeah. And I just think that's, to me, that's just the gospel of Jesus Christ and kind of willing to listen to their story and, and what's going on with them. And, and so that to me is, as I kind of look at my baptism covenants as a vertical line going upwards, it's my relationship with God and commandment keeping. And there's a horizontal component that's my relationship that goes sideways with my fellow men and women. And I find they're related, those two covenants, that I find I do better with my vertical um, covenant part if I'm doing better with the horizontal. And so that's just my personal journey. And I think has, in my life, I've focused too much on the vertical component. I've sort of thought I'll just isolate myself into the celestial kingdom. But I recognize if I ever get there, it's partly because of my service to reach out and go sideways and bring others with me and lift other people's burdens. That is, you know, the key part of our baptism. And I think your generation's better at that than I was at your age. I think you see the world and you have an international perspective and you're more out of your bubble. And I think then you're able to lift other people's burdens. So I think this road of being an ally is, you know, part of just who the two of you are. And it's an example for all of us. And I think we can look at allies in the church and just recognize this is what Christ did. He was an ally. You know, he didn't ever use that word in the New Testament. But if we look at all those parables and all the things he taught, he was an ally to those that just had a harder road. And there's parable and parable and parable. The Canaanite woman, um, the woman at the well, there's just multiple ones that come to mind that we all know of where he was an ally to those that a lot of people pulled away from and didn't feel they were worthy of his company. And so I think as we're moving forward, we're able to better understand that in a positive way. Any thoughts that come to you on that subject that you want to share with our listeners? Just amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. I guess one one thought I just have as we're talking about <clears throat> these marginalized groups, um, I think something that was kind of <clears throat> cotangent with my um, trying to uh, better understand the LGBTQ community um, and maybe not exactly uh, at the same time, but we uh, at BYU were privileged to have a visit from Brian Stevenson or yeah, Brian Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And he gave a forum at BYU and it was one of the more um, powerful experiences I've, I've, I've had at BYU and uh, just, just felt the, that his message was true, that we need to, to get proximate to marginalized um, people and to um, step outside of our comfort zone. Um, and that in doing that, we are, we're really joining with Christ's purpose. And we're, we're stepping into a sacred space when we're stepping out of our comfort zone and towards people who, um, who are on the outside of, of society. 
And so that's something that I, I feel like I've, I've kind of reflected back on um, over the past few, um, few years. And uh, I think it's encouraged me to, when, it's, when I feel uncomfortable about something, take a step into, the, into that, see what it feels like. It's cool. Get proximate. Is that what the phrase you just used, Hayden? Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners who Brian Stevenson is, if anybody doesn't know. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I, can, I can name off a few things. So he's the uh, founder of the Equal Justice uh, mo- Movement, I think it's called. I- initiative. Initiative. Equal Justice Initiative. And uh, he's a lawyer. Uh, and he, for a long period of time, was defending uh, inmates on death row. And he's done incredible work for raising awareness about um, the need for equal justice in the in not only the um, legal uh, uh, sphere, I guess, of our of our nation, but also, um, I guess, in our society. And um, I think he's the author of a book, Just Mercy. Yeah, that I believe that same book then was made into a movie that. My wife and I enjoy. Am I following all the right facts? Yes. You two are nodding your head. But um, yeah, that's a pretty heroic life mission. And I love BYU bringing um, wonderful people like Brian to campus and the impact that has on all of us. Absolutely. And um, there's some diversity in that, you know, just understanding. And I just think I love what BYU is doing. I'm I never, even though I went there for school, I was always a U of U fan. So I never really connected in graduate school for BYU. We just hung out in the Tanner building and did business stuff. But as I've circled back to BYU in the past, past four years on the LGBTQ space, I think BYU is really at the forefront in the church for creating safe places for LGBTQ people and discussing all of these issues in a really thoughtful way, race, um, women's issues. Um, this one would be, you know, Brian Stevenson, of course, having an expertise in criminal law and and issues about um, incarceration. So that's, I think that's great. And I think, you know, when it says, I can't remember, what is the tagline of BYU? Go forth to serve. You know, the world is our campus. I think that you two are examples of that. And there's wonderful things and it gives me great hope for the future. Sometimes people say, well, um, the world's going downhill, which I agree, and these are the last days, which I agree, but I also think in a lot of ways the world's getting better. And uh, I so don't believe that as a binary narrative. <laughs> and when I look, I do believe that each generation does better than the last generation. So I look at you two, and I look at where I was at my day in the late 80s at BYU, and we've just, we're making progress. And I go back to the Pool of Bethesda, and that's where we're making, one of the areas we're making progress is we're seeing everybody as equal sons of Heavenly Father and what com- and daughters, and what can we do to understand and get proximate? I like that term, Hayden. Um, are there other, we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast, are there other things that either of you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I guess just as a final little input here, um, I I was pretty nervous and skeptical about being on this podcast just because sure we we had listened to so many other podcasts with really really awesome and much more experienced people <laughs> um 
who have who have so much more to share about this about this subject. And um, so I was skeptical and didn't feel like I had much to add or it didn't have the vocabulary or you it's know honest. the eloquence to to add to things that they've said. Um, but I guess just more recently I've been I've been um just trying to consider myself as a representative of the group of people who don't face this issue every single day of their lives, but as someone who can can always contribute um, to positive change within the church and with within society. Um, even if, you know, I don't have a super close family member who I associate with every day who is LGBTQ. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like being on this podcast and preparing for it has helped me realize that, you know, as really anyone, anyone can enter into this space and make it, make a positive difference. I love that, Sydney. Any other thoughts you'd like to share, Hayden? Um, honestly, I think Sydney's summed it up pretty well. And uh, just really grateful for this opportunity. And, and I'm thankful to the people who've been on this pon- podcast uh, that you've invited uh, to be on the, the podcast in the past and who've shared their experiences because Sydney and I are better people because of it. And um, more... I'd say open-minded and uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, I think just really grateful. I love this podcast. Um, I think this podcast will relate to a lot of people that it kind of comes back to this idea. Not everybody can do all this allyship in the same way. And I think sometimes people may feel overwhelmed because they look at other allies that know all the right words and can say everything the right way and have amazing stories and, and all this success. And I think there's a lot of allies out there that are just doing the best they can. And they're busy. They're raising families. They have careers. And so they can't do 24-7 whatever their allyship is. And they just have to kind of do the best they can. And, and sometimes they might not do it perfectly, but they're willing to learn and grow and I think they'll look back and just be glad that, that they're allies and they'll be have some moments where they can kind of do a deep dive and really help somebody because they're in this space and can kind of go there. And I think both of you on a lot of the space you're in, but I'll bet you'll have more LGBTQ people, you know, feel safe opening up to you. And, and at times you'll be able to go deep and really help, you know, him or her. And then you'll go on with your lives. So I think that's a great example for all of us. Um, just to do the best we can. And we don't have to be perfect about the spaces we're trying to be allies in. We don't have to be like have a degree and be an expert. So I think you're a great example of just doing an awesome job. And and all of us can do this. It's not very complicated and you, it doesn't have to be very dramatic. Um, so that's, you know, Sydney and, and Hayden, you're awesome. And I've just been Googling this speech of Brian Stevenson and because it is a great speech. And I'm just going to read the four things in closing that he suggests in this BYU speech. Um, if I can kind of scroll, find ways to get more proximate to those who are neglected and living in the margins. So Hayden talked about that. There's power and proximity. So here's this speech that's two years old, Hayden, that you remember the very vocabulary of. So you can tell this made an impact on you. Um, so I love 
what he teaches there, change the narrative underneath the policy issues we grapple with. And um, I won't elaborate on that because I'm not exactly sure. So I don't want to guess. And I'm just closing a podcast, but you could go and read that. Um, number three, stay hopeful. How cool is that? And how much of that is the doctrine of Christ? I, I know these are the last days. Um, and I know the world's getting worse and Satan's attacks are increasing, but my level of fear is actually lower than it's ever been in my life right now because I just own the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God knows the beginning from the end. And there's this great plan that if I really believe in, a pre-mortal life, a mortality, and an eternal life, then it's relieving. And it's kind of what you said, Sydney, even with people that choose a life path that potentially is different than what I'd invite them to or what the church teaches. I just, I'm at peace just leaving that at the Savior's feet and saying my job is to continue to support and love. And I think that's what you kind of said. And, and so I, I just see everybody as the same human family now, and that creates less fear. I don't see, even though there's divisiveness right now, if I go to the 40,000 foot level and really own our doctrine, I, you know, I'm, I'm much more hopeful, even in the middle of all the difficult things we face right now. And number four is be willing to do things that are uncomfortable and inconvenient. And that's where growth is. And that's what I, like you said, Hayden, is be willing to step into a little bit of that discomfort. And I've learned that discomfort for me can be a space I should leave. And I've learned that discomfort for me can be also a space where I am learning to set aside prior assumptions and prior conclusions through personal growth. I did a couple podcasts with Black Latter-day Saints, and they were really uncomfortable for me. And I was honest in the podcast and I was learning things about potentially my own racism and my own assumptions that were a little unsettling for me because I recognized I might have some of that going on with me. And so I had to sit in that feeling. Um, and that's where personal growth for me often comes, comes from being uncomfortable and willing to sit in those spaces. So I love what you said about that. So that's the end, unless that brought, brought any more thoughts. Either of you want to share, are we good? All right. So um, Sydney and Hayden Anderson, you two are great. And I'm so glad you're on the podcast. You did such a good job. And um, I think your story is going to help a lot of people. And thank you, our listeners, for listening to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. Mm-hmm.